0: Welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter, at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 155. Let's roll. And, uh, man, week seven. I, don't, You know, I, I, was find, I was trying to think of a way if I could grandstand or not, or if it's just a complete victory lap, but I had an amazing week seven. I hope you all did too, but it was really one of those weeks. I, I went, uh, I've, I have like 20 leagues. I think I won in all but two. So I went like 18 and two. One of them's a tanker. I actually went 18, excuse me, 17 and one in my tanker, in my non-tankers and one and one in my tanking. I actually won a tanking league by accident, but it was just unbelievable. I, I think I was in first or second in, in points scored in Fourteen out of the twenty leagues. It was just an amazing week seven. So certainly a lot of Lamar Jackson, a lot of Mark Andrews, a lot of Puka Nakua, a lot, a lot of stuff just sort of going my way. CMC on a few teams. It's 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 all it's all up. Um, and and I think the the week seven is one of those weeks too where if you do have a lot of depth in your rosters on in dynasty you know, with, with a bunch of bi-week teams, it can be helpful as well. And, and that sometimes can be part of the reason that you have depth and dynasty, uh, because you never know who's going to get hurt. It's a wasteland out there at the running back position. We're going to get to all that more with my guest. Um, I'm going to be happy to introduce my guest this week, a friend, a longtime friend now, (laughs) unbelievable. And the one thing I'll tell you about this, 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 uh, this man is that he's a legit dynasty player. He's doing a lot of work. He's doing a ton of work. You all know him, Mr. Theo Greminger. Um, what is it? What is your official title at player profiler now, Mr. Greminger? I'm
1: I'm the I'm the director of content. Sheesh. I'm the director of content. I mean, so, I'm about yeah, to introduce not-
0: him like president of the United States or some shit. <laughs> Jesus. President of the United States, Theo Greminger joins me today. Theo, what's going on, buddy? If I
1: was president of the United States, the first thing I would do is the Monday after the Super Bowl would be a national holiday.
0: Absolutely.
1: That, that that's like if you if you want to yeah. want to win in 2024, you should start with that. Yeah, that's a unifying thing. Unifies people.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, Let, let's not get into politics because no boy, politics. Boy, I tell Just you,
1: Super Bowl. You know,
0: I mean, I don't think you qualify. Are you 85 years old and unable to complete a sentence? Then you can't be president. I'm pretty sure.
1: That's right. Yeah, that's you got to right.
0: be really fucking old and completely out of touch to, to, to lead our people. That's for fucking sure. Um, anyway, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It's, it's a mess out there, but, uh, it's not a mess in these dynasty streets, man. I mean, I, you know, I know I play in a couple leagues with you and, you know, watching, uh, watching everything come together right now. Of course, only week seven, we can see a lot of stuff fall apart. Uh, I'm sure you're doing pretty well as well.
1: Yeah. You know, it was like, this was a great week for me in dynasty, like dynasty for whatever reason, dynasty went almost perfectly this week and then redraft I had a couple of really bad beats. Yeah. Um so kind of left a sour taste in my mouth. It's kind of it's kind of weird how that like the dichotomy between the the two the two like layers of fantasy of fantasy football. Yeah. But yeah, dynasty was a really good one. Um and I've also been able to pull off a couple of like pretty interesting trades uh recently. Ooh. I think that this is a this has been like a fun week for me um as a dynasty manager and I have a couple of teams where it was kind of like maybe it was like a slow first first two weeks of the season and now the teams are starting to to, to catch speed so yeah i i loved week seven it was by mageddon but now we're through it yes and i got a bunch of w's on by mageddon so i i can't i can't hate it all
0: yeah absolutely well i would love to hear about those trades i'm gonna i'm gonna touch those trades and i've got a little maybe a special rant of that i promised so i'm gonna get to that and more right after this As promised, I think I said I would rant. I'm not sure if it's a rant. I just feel like you know. <laughs> let's put it this way: there was some stuff that went down on Twitter, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna reset it. And, and Theo, you can chime in or tell me to shut up or whatever. But here's here's what happens, right? So it, it was it was the whether or not Quentin Johnston was a viable redraft pickup when Mike Williams went down. And I thought, well, if you want fantasy points, I don't think he is. I don't think he's going to be a viable fantasy pickup for redraft. Um, if you're looking for fantasy points, and I thought, man, Josh Palmer had been, you know, trending in the right direction. He'd been he'd been playing in three wide receiver sets. He seems to be earning targets when he's on the field. He was fairly productive last year. Uh, he did see over 100 targets and over 750 yards last year as a as a second year player. Uh, again, with those two players in in the in the lineup being Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and I thought, man, he he's the next guy up, and he's the next guy up in a po- high powered offense. And you know, we hadn't seen very much from Quinton. Granted, I heard the theory, the idea that he has upside, Quentin Johnson. I guess. But I feel like Marvin Mims has upside. Why? Because he was on minimal snaps, but he was showing high efficiency. Um, Quentin was not earning targets at any sort of a rate and was not getting on the field uh, You know, in two wide receiver sets or even three wide receiver sets before the Mike Williams injury. So I said, I think it's Josh Palmer. My friend Bean Counter said, no, no, the play is Quentin. And his point was taken. I already understand that, yes – his point was that Quentin had upside, and I just didn't think he did, or at least not as as much or as as much as much Josh Palmer. And I felt like maybe Josh Palmer could be a league winner. I don't, I don't know. What the hell? At least he's going to be the next guy up. That was the play for me. His play was saying that there was upside. And then ultimately what has been happening is he's been doubling down on he was right, which, I mean, I suppose we still don't know. It's possible Quentin could turn into OBJ 2.0, but I don't. Probably not. I don't think Probably so, right? Not. So I mean, yeah. isn't this kind of an easy one? Like, I don't understand the 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 the, the, the you know the the pushback on Twitter. That's what I'm like. I, I don't have anything to say because it's like, well, wait, you weren't right about this, or at least so far, you're, it's wrong. I mean, Quentin is, doesn't look like the guy, right?
1: No, Quentin definitely doesn't look like the guy. And I think sometimes when you Dynasty like Dynasty is different. You can wait and wait and wait. But when yeah. you're talking about like redraft. Um, the L's come quickly and it's, uh, you know, the, the results are there for us and we don't have like infinity to wait on these players because, you know, by the end of the year, it's going to be the, it's going to be Thanksgiving before you know it. And the fantasy playoffs are right around the corner. We're already in week eight. And I'll say that Quentin Johnston, when you had the bye week that was the week where you could get your optimism and hope yeah, because this self-scouting, uh, the opportunity to play against Kansas city. And then, you know, doesn't do anything. Yeah. And Josh Palmer, I th- Josh Palmer is a guy that I should have been higher on in the offseason. Um, you know, he had 70 catches as a second year player. This was a guy that they drafted in the third round familiarity with with Herbert familiarity with the system. And he just kind of kind of got pushed to the side because of the the new Quentin Johnston draft pick. And I think that was kind of poor process. Um, Quentin Johnson now has one more out because Gerald Everett has suffered the quad injury. So like we can tell ourselves a story that maybe he sees a little more work because of that. But at the end of the day, Josh Palmer is just locked in and Josh Palmer just looks much better too. It's not like Quentin Johnson is like a Marvin Mims where you're seeing him really, really flash and like this extremely limited sample size. And you're like, okay, I've seen it, or even like once. You're just not seeing it, even once. That's <laughs> right. right. I mean, that's right. We've
0: not seen a single big play from him, and and that's really it. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm not even anti quentin Like, I I get that there's this sort of potential upside, but the potential. His argument was there's so much upside there that, and in, in, in one, and then two was there's there's, Josh Palmer's irrelevant. Well, I would argue that if the production that Josh Palmer portends to have in your league is irrelevant, if that's irrelevant, then so isn't Quentin because his upside is not going to be – so, so good that he's going to be a top five or 10 wide receiver. I mean, that is such a inside straight draw. It doesn't even have any merit. So if you're in a deep enough league where they both might have something, I still would rather have the sure points of Josh Palmer. You know, it's like we forget, you know, I mean, I don't know. I Every league is different. And, and one of, uh, you know, someone had a really smart take in the comments where it was like, dude, you don't even know the, we have to know the league. Like if it's start two wide receivers, 10 team league, neither guy's relevant. I don't want to pick up either. So you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, we're just talking about what's the likeliest thing to happen. And you know, he was sort of, he's like, "Yeah, you got to swing. You're going to strike out sometimes. Like, okay, well, if you're just saying that you were right, because maybe in some other universe, Quentin Johnson was good. Okay. But he's not. So you're wrong. So let's move on. Like, that's the fucking that's the answer to this whole riddle. It's like, of course, we can jerk ourselves off about the idea of upside plays. I get that. But I'm not going to sit here and go back. Well, you were right. I guess I should have fucking picked up the guy who's not doing shit. It's like, no, listen, that's what happened. You know, so we see what happened. We understood what was going to happen. And we kind of called that. We were right. You were wrong. Move on. It's okay. It's not even a big deal. And yes, there was an upside play to be to be had and an upside story to be told. But that's not what happened, at least so far. Again, it's possible Quentin Johnson is Calvin Johnson in hiding.
1: But probably not. But
0: probably not. That's right. That's right. Speaking of Quentin Johnson, though, I think that there's something to be said about this, this rookie wide receiver. First of all, holy shit, right? Are there so many good rookie wide receivers? It feels like every year now. Am I Am, am I right here?
1: This class is ridiculous. So good. It, like, like take a step back from just the wide receivers. Yeah. This has been such an impactful class yes. of rookies. It's like two two or three years ago, everybody's like the class of 2023 yes. is the one you want to get those first round picks for. Yes. And then as we got closer to the rookie drafts, the enthusiasm like went down a little bit. Yes, and people were like, maybe it's not quite as special. As no, it really was. This, you special. know, what it
0: was. Though? I've said this a couple times, Theo. It was because the running backs, right? Because the whole yeah. thing was centered around these running backs. And if you remember, it was like Tank Bigsby, Sean Tucker, um, you know, um, Sean Tucker, uh, Gibbs, and John. I was a couple others. I think that oh, Charbonnet maybe, but like a couple others. And it was like this sort of class was going to get there, and then the draft happens and. Like, everybody was like, other than Gibbs and Bijan, it's like, you know, Tucker went like undrafted practically because of medical and like, you know, all these running backs were sort of like, yeah, I'm not so sure. Bigsby behind ETN and they didn't test as well and yada, yada. So the running back class sort of didn't look as strong. And for those reasons, everybody was like, well, fuck, if I'm not going to get my awesome running back, forget it. You know, and we forgot that there were a lot of great wide receivers and there was a lot of wide receivers, Michael Wilson and. You know these deeper cuts that actually, obviously, Puka that actually showed as well, and so I think there was depth where we didn't see it, and of course the tight ends and the quarterbacks yet. I mean, at least two of them did. You know, we'll see about Bryce. I think he's fine. I think he'll be maybe okay. I just don't think he'll ever be special. That's just, but who knows? We it's still some time there, but um, you know he'll be fine. But I think that was really what it was: is that the the running back sort of you know landing spots and all the rest of it sort of threw us off.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point. And I will say that the the running backs, you know, we saw the incredible production from A-Chain. Yeah. Gibbs hits last week. Gibbs had the, like, the dream Gibbs game. Yes. They get dominated by Baltimore, but he has 20 touches, yep. nine catches, touchdown run. That's, like, what we want. Yep. And the talents there with with Bijan, very weird headache situation. Oh, my gosh. Shout out, shout out to the... Um, <laughs> Shout out to the Atlanta Falcons beat writers. What incredible reporting to let us all know to keep Bijan out of our lineup. When you find out Saturday night, he's not feeling well. That was great beat writing. Yeah. Uh, you guys beat reporters in Atlanta. just You guys just do it better. Yeah. Um, Eat it. But And then I'll say like Tajay Spears looks so good. So yep. the running back class, like the story for the running back class will be told in the second half of the season. Yep. But the wide receiver class, you nailed it. It's just un believable how good this wide receiver class is and we knew that when there was four wide receivers selected in the first round that that like kind of told us something that the nfl saw this as a position of strength relative to the class yes but you rarely see it where so many players from from the different rounds are all hitting like to me the third round is the the like the the really fun one because yeah You know, we've all seen what these first round guys have done, all seen what Puka Nukua has done, but we've had such a a bad run of third round wide receivers ever since Deontay Johnson and Terry McLaurin. And now this, we like everyone in this third round. Yeah, You know, like Tank Dell is a baller. Josh Downs is a baller. We're going to get Josh Downs is incredible. And Michael Wilson looks really, really good. Jalen Hyatt last week looks like the Giants wide receiver. If you're going to roster one in any format, it's Jalen Hyatt. Yep and then i'm not unconvinced <clears> that Cedric <throat> Tillman's not pretty good at football too right. so the whole third round hit like the whole third round hit so yeah. it's there's depth there's quality and like you said it's every single year um but it it it's there's no like limit to the amount of good wide receivers that can play in the national football league that's right this is just like uh it's just like a ton of them right now. Yeah, it's
0: it's really fun actually and there's the there's been like if we go see, I'm old, you're older, you know, you're way old. I mean, how old are you now? 72, 27, whatever. I get those mixed up. Listen, we're we've been playing long enough to know that it used to be that the wide receivers took a long time to acclimate to the to the NFL game and the running backs could could <clears throat> contribute right away. And I think there's been some reasons for the wide receivers now to be able to acclimate much quicker. And I think it's a, what is it? It's the Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours, you know, idea where these guys have been running routes in high school. There's more of a pass game emphasis at the high school level than there was 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, right. The the further back you go, excuse me, there's all the sort of all-star camps and, you know, uh, you know, you know, AAU sort of style of, of 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 play where they're they're just running routes uh, you know all the time and then the college game has become wide open right so now these guys are getting way more reps um you know uh, NFL type reps early on they're coming in ready to go they know what they're doing they're not like wait what do I got to do you know um, there used to be a physicality that was allowed in the NFL that you know guys like a lot of these guys actually would not have stood up to they would have not been able to get open in the NFL from 15 to 25 years ago, but now they can because there's more space. There's a, it's a quicker, shorter passing game. You know, the average distance uh, uh, per throw is down, um, but the, you know, total attempts is up. So I think it's just a, the game is changing in a way. The position is changing in a way. And I think we're going to see more and more wide receiver hits. And I think we're going to see fewer and fewer bell cow running backs and more and more sort of split backfield. So the way that that changes makes me a little bit more bullish about drafting wide receivers in the rookie drafts than I would ever been.
1: Yeah, and I think if you look at it just from a from a very simple perspective, most of the time your flex now is going to be a wide receiver mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. You're not searching for running back flexes, so it kind of all like you know trickle down effect. And you talk about the seven on seven, uh, yeah. you know, offseason stuff that all of these guys do, um, and it's just every single year we're seeing this like injection of talent coming into the NFL like we saw like lot the 2022 class was special the 2023 class is really really good and now this 2024 class Looks which I'm sure awesome. me and you are gonna we're gonna have a chance to podcast about this this offseason yes this 2024 class is like the throwback where uh, yeah, there's because. a bunch of really big strong yeah. physical ones too yeah. so it's wild times and it, it, if anything it makes me this is a dangerous game to play in Dynasty but it makes me more willing to kind of move off of like established, very strong wide receivers. Mm, Interesting, yeah. Because I know that there's the, you know, the rankings are are so often going to change because these guys just kind of force their way in. You know, not necessarily like your truly elite guys, but kind of your semi-elite players. Like the guys like the T. Higgins types that maybe move into the top 12 in Dynasty Wide Receivers rankings, now- Good luck trading T. Higgins for Zay Flowers. Right. You just can't do it. Right. So, those sort of like non true alphas that that move their way up. Yeah, if I'm able to pivot those guys for picks, I don't think I'm going to get jammed at the position.
0: Right. No, I, I kind of agree with that. I mean, uh, on the flip side, of course, if you're building with you know just wide receivers, they're also going to stand the test of time. So even a guy like yeah. T. Higgins, you're not panic selling him though. You're just opportunity, uh, opportunity selling him at the right times because if you can you know you can hold him you're also fine you know if you hold yeah. zay flowers how long is he going to be relevant i would think for a long time you know what i mean it's like it's a long in- long time yeah it's incredible so you know i think the the wide receiver position is in very good hands and will continue to grow into 2024 class but even the you know you go back to the 21 22 classes those were great too even the 20 class i mean obviously with you know jj and Lamb and IU can it's just been it's been a hit after a hit after a hit at the wide receiver position. So I mean, it's going to be interesting. It's going to formulate our sort of strategies going into the offseason, but before we do that, of course, we've got this season to worry about. I wanted to talk about this basically this class because from a dynasty lens, you know, we can all say, "Yeah, hey, yeah, Puka's awesome. This year he's obviously, you know, um, you know, a a player you want to roster this season." But what happens to him in the future? Is he a real player? Where does he fall in dynasty? And then, sort of, you know, flipping that to a guy like Quentin Johnston, you know, uh, and I'll go on one tiny more rant, but Quentin Johnston was, you know, the the, the player that was promised to be attached to, you know, Herbert and all the rest of it. And I had one guy, um, um, Theo sort of chime in and was he's kind of being disingenuous and that's fine. I don't really, you know, it's funny you try and, uh, I remember when I was, you know, new to Twitter and a big account would interact with me. I felt like, Oh, that's very nice of him. You know, I'm going to try and interact. And so I try to interact with other people and, you know, and then you start to answer someone's question. They're like, and they do that thing where they're like, so you must've been fade and chase then, you know? And it's like, dude, no, don't do that. Like, I'm trying to talk to you about the yeah. you know? And so this guy did that whole thing. He's like, so you probably didn't even, you know, he was doing that whole thing. And I'll just tell you, like the Quentin Johnson thing, because he pulled something from like February. You know, it was like, look, you had Quentin as your wide receiver, too. I'm like, sure, great. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. The, I, I feel like that forever. Like he's, you know, he's still a wide receiver, too. Damn it. You know, it's like, no, you've changed with time. First of all, I start my process in February. So he's trying to get me, you know, gotcha. Use you, your first uh, thought process about the class. And here you are, you know, so. Yes, as you go along, February, yes, we start to put it together. Then the then you start to dive into film and the, and the data. Then the draft happens. Then training camp. Then the actual fucking NFL games happen. You know what happens? You change your entire opinion about shit because way more information can be gleaned from what happens in NFL football games than what we think is going to happen or even draft capital. The play on the field matters more than – Any of that stuff. And that's why Puka is now worlds ahead of Quentin Johnston. I'm not sticking to my priors of my early fucking analysis of the class. That would be the dumbest possible move of all time. And I don't think I need to say that to these listeners, the listeners that have have been following this podcast forever. But God dang it. If you're listening because I told you, that's the answer to the question. You change with time. And here we are. And me and Theo are going to figure this part out. Where do these guys land? Hey, Theo?
1: Yeah, 100%. And I'll say like your point about like it's like the sunk cost fallacy in redraft. If I draft a guy and he's not producing just because I took him in the fifth round doesn't mean I need to jam in my lineup. Right. It's the same thing with our process in in rookie drafts. When we start Mm -hmm. ranking these players, we do it before they land on NFL teams. Yes. And we don't want to completely change our takes on them. But at the end of the day, like if you're a very good at dynasty – it's then you're able to kind of assess what players value is right now. Yes. And that's like one of the most important things you can do in terms of dynasty. So yeah, you're spot on where you had a guy, you know, before the NFL draft is completely inconsequential at this point. It's not even, it's not even in like the, the stratosphere. So like these guys who get Debbie take lock and like that stays with them for years, that screws them up. It screws up their entire process.
0: Yes, absolutely. You you made a great point. It's like Jahan Dotson, I, I drafted him in a yes. redraft league. I dropped him, I think maybe even week two or three. I was like, he, I don't know. I, you know, if he's not going to provide me upside, that offense isn't good. Like I had to make a decision. He, if I'm not going to play him, if I'm not feeling compelled to play Dotson, I have other wide receivers, fuck it, drop him. I'm going to pick up an upside running back. I don't even know who I dropped him for. Who knows, you know? But like, I, you got to move. You got to make a move. You got to move forward. And as I've always said, be ready to be wrong. So I even said in that post that he owned me on. I was like, I was like, please tell me where I'm wrong. Like, give me feedback. I'm looking for information because I don't have enough to make these takes strong enough yet. And then you just keep moving forward and you keep gathering information. And yes, you change your opinion. Be ready to be wrong. Change your opinions. And here we are changing our opinions, or at least moving them you know it's like water that just flows to the spot it goes to and puka god dang is this motherfucker good i like i don't know i i feel kind of funny because I, I posted my rankings online uh you know on the, on, the, on twitter and a lot of people like dude puka i haven't met wide receiver 10 in dynasty i think that's pretty strong i think chalk hadn't updated his his ranking so he had him in the in the 20s so he ended up being like you know 20 or something in our uh consensus or whatever and i think that's low and Chuck would admit it, no big deal. But point of the matter is, where do you think he lands like in Dynasty right now, Mr. Theo? It's
1: hard. I think it's hard. It's hard not to put him like he's got to be somewhere in that wide receiver nine through fifteen range yeah. in Dynasty. Yeah. But but the thing about Pukunakua is he might have the greatest wide receiver rookie season of all time that's in the range of, of outcomes sure is. the 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 100 yard game stat is insane yes so the the record in the nfl is nine 100 yard games i couldn't even tell you the guy it was in 1960 okay we're not that old right no 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 i um, never heard of him justin justin jefferson had seven 100 yard games during like the what we look at is like Legend. probably the best right. r- the best rookie season of all time Jamar Chase had five of them. Odell Beckham Jr. had five of them. Puka has four
0: already. already. Yeah, already.
1: So Puka could could break the record for most 100-yard games and give you a top-six scoring uh, season in PPR. Um, it's unheard of, yeah. this kind of production. So at the end of the day, the NFL yeah. is, a, is a process league, and you look at a guy like Tyreek Hill, A guy like Stephon Diggs, a guy like Amon Ross St. Brown, they're all drafted in that same range as Puka. So we need to throw draft capital out of the way. That's the only negative negative thing. Like, if you want to keep Puka Nakua out of your top 15 in 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 rankings in Dynasty, your only argument against against him being in there is the draft capital. That's it. Saying how the that's it, that's That's completely
0: it. So that's it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, there's there's a little bit of like trepidation to move him so high. Like you know, all right, wide receiver one Then you know, it's like, there's a point where you're like, wait, am I being foolish? And you don't want to be foolish either way. You don't want to be like, I haven't met, you know, 25 and be like, you dude, man, I need to see more. Okay, fine. Maybe that's foolish. I also don't want to be like, you know, there's a point like, you know, but it is tough because in redraft right now, would you trade CD lamb to get Puka? Yeah, I would. Yes, I think I am. <laughs> you know I think mean? I'm making that move. Right. Yeah. So okay, so if you're willing to trade CeeDee Lamb to get Puka and redraft, what's your fucking problem in dynasty then, Chief? You know you know what I mean? It's like, what do you think's gonna happen next year? All of a sudden Puka's gonna suck. It's like I don't know. And like how much of this can be attributed to Matt Stafford and his tendencies? I'm not saying that Puka is made to be a good player because of Matt Stafford. I'm saying how much of his production is because of the Matt Stafford factor. I don't know that answer either. What do you think?
1: I think like McVeigh and Stafford have certainly maximized his productivity, but at the end of the day, you see him making these spectacular catches on the sideline. You see him being able to separate. You see him being able to win in different levels. Like that's not something you can just like. Oh, I'm an, I'm such a good at scheming <laughs> right. that I'm going to get. <laughs> yes. And also, you talk about targets. Yeah, like targets are earned Is at sir? the NFL level and he has more targets than Cooper Cup since Cooper Cup came back from injury. True that. So at the end of the day this is we're talking about Cooper Cup who last year led all wide receivers in points per game before he got injured yeah. and the year before broke fantasy. Yeah. And now Pukunakuwa is getting more targets. And I know it's only three games. Sure, small sample, this, but this still he's week,
0: doing it. Yeah. He's, it, he's still doing it. Yeah, it He's matters. still doing it. Yes. So. Yeah, he, he is. And I know the down week uh, was it two weeks ago, I guess, was a great buying opportunity because people saw the two yeah. catch game. And I think he had seven targets and they were only through the ball like 20, 22 or something times or whatever. He had like a 30% target share in that game. You know, he had two catches, yeah. but like I was, that, that did nothing, zero. To, to throw me off of puka as a matter of fact i think i even had to buy a, a, a puka purchase <laughs> puka purchase uh that particular week because i was like this is a great opportunity i try i'm trying to purchase them everywhere i am i think i'm up to like 50 percent or 45 like basically half my leagues i have puka uh i will gratuitously tell all the people who hate me uh, you know, uh, in my takes, that I am fucking fifth in the Scott Fish Bowl. So eat it. Um, And that, in that league, I also have Puka, of course. You know, I drafted him. Yes. So yeah, Puka, it was the skeleton key for a lot of leagues right now. And certainly winning in Dynasty. Look, if you have Puka, what was he, a third, fourth, fifth round rookie pick? And yeah. now all of a sudden, you know, he's a top five wide receiver. That does not happen.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it's, in, it's insane. It's and insane. like, you know, I've talked to you about this. I talked to Ray Garvin when when he came on. Yeah. I know Scott Connor's had Scott Connor's pivoted on the, on the like fully Puka. um he's here. Yes. This is it. There's like we could talk about him for 2 hours um and it's still like wouldn't be enough time because it's one of the greatest stories we've ever seen in Dynasty. Yes. It's it's like getting it's like getting 101 non-superflex production dream 101 yeah. non-superflex production in like the fourth round. It's like the definition of like a league winner. You never
0: see this. No, especially in his rookie season. I mean, obviously, you know, he's putting himself up there with Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Odell Beckham, and some guy from the sixties, you know, shout out out. out some dude from the sixties, you know, in, in terms of rookie production. So, I mean, he's, he's there in that regard. He's, he's, it's just unbelievable. So, I think he is the wide receiver one from this past class. I don't think that's really even that close of a take. I did have JSN ahead of him you know, a couple of weeks into this sort of trip, but as he continues, I just think that he's going to be a target earner. And and to answer the question I asked you, I think only a little bit is coming from the Stafford-McVay sort of thing. He wins against zone. I mean, obviously, if he had a shit-dog quarterback (laughs) – excuse me, a shit-bag quarterback – he would um he 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 would his his stats would go down, of course. But you know, it's not like Stafford's, you know, top five right now. I mean, he's just playing well. So I think Puka's yeah. there. Here's the question: how high can we have him? Steph diggs or Puka Nakua in Dynasty.
1: If I'm unless I know I'm gonna win the championship this year, then I'm going Puka Nakua. Yeah. I, but if I have but if I if I if I'm in a position to win a significant amount of money and I have a team that's like really like looking to go over the edge. I'm going to go Stefan Diggs if it's a one year type argument. But long term, how could you not make that uh, an argument? I mean, I love Stefan Diggs. But anybody who's over like 28, 29 years old, the edge has to go to Pukeniku. Yeah,
0: Here's the thing. Are we sure that – I mean, Steph's awesome, first of all. I mean, are you sure that Steph's going to outproduce him the rest of the way? It's not a, It's not for sure. I mean, they're, they're close as it is now. I think you're right, but man, I moved I just moved him ahead of Steph Diggs. Now here's the next one. Chris Olave or Puka Nakua in Dynasty.
1: I think I might go Puka Nakua.
0: Gotta, and I would talk have talked this that out. Weeks ago.
1: <laughs> this one's Yeah, off. like I, I, I don't know. It's now you're blowing my mind with this one. Like, you know Olave's my guy. Yeah. But Olave, if Olave <laughs> was doing what Puka Nakua was doing every single person would have him above Justin Jefferson Sheesh. and Jamar Chase right now Sheesh. with that, with his profile. Um, and I guess if you don't, if you disagree with us about Puka Nakua, I think this is the kind of trade you should try to make. Yes. You could go pivot for Garrett Wilson or pivot for Chris Olave, guys who we have seen have great success. Yep. Um, and great have profile. that significant. Yep. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, Chris Olave is leaving like a little bit to be desired in terms of like the production. It's not his fault. He's a great player, but at the end of the day, we, we, we play for, for titles and we play for production. Yes, sir. Um, And if you put Chris Olave in Puka Nakua's situation, I don't know if he'd necessarily be scoring like Puka Nakua. Um, It would be interesting. If he
0: was, if he was scoring like Puka Nakua, people would be advocating for Olave as, a wide receiver one overall in dynasty
1: 100 you know he would I'm be the number one he would move he would have moved ahead of justin jefferson and jamar chase if
0: he was producing the exact same stat yeah. line as puka
1: or if jackson smith and jigba yeah. was doing what puka nakua was doing right they would be advocating for that if any so. of these
0: guys with some of this high profile stuff so that's why it's a little bit tough to to parse because we do have to look at draft capital but how much right okay so yeah. so here's remember hey remember in the offseason we kept asking the awesome seslowski question which was who could break into the jamar chase justin jefferson tier and we give all these answers who would have thunk it was fucking puka it's crazy it's crazy here we are it's crazy all right so puka i think is i i he, right now he's wide receiver nine for me i just moved him ahead of steph diggs because you're right i think i would move off steph diggs and almost You know, probably 90 percent, even my competitive leagues. I mean, in a lot of them, I I would consider moving off Steph Diggs to Puka. You know, you don't lose too much in year one and then you just have, you know, a a little bit longer of a runway. But it's close. He's right in that ballpark. That puts him right around. He's he's a top 12, uh, you know, uh, dynasty wide receiver. You know, I don't know if you can move him ahead of Garrett Wilson or Tyreek Hill. maybe CD. I mean, CD, certainly you could talk to me. We're going to have that conversation another day because I'm not ready for it because it hurts my heart too much. But um, CD is one of these guys that certainly is now maybe in the Brandon Ayuk, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, you know, category and not the Amon Ra, Jefferson Chase, you know, that category. I think he's moving himself down. And who knows? I think maybe Chris Olave's with him. So anyway, um, who's wide receiver two in this class for you right now? Because I think that's actually a very good question.
1: If you asked me six days ago, it was Zay Flowers. But Jordan Addison looked simply incredible on Monday Night Football, and Addison, we can't discount the touchdowns. Addison has <laughs> six touchdowns already. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about he's going to end up with, with double-digit touchdowns with his his uh, profile, where Addison, like we talk about Addison, his, his structure and his profile and his playing style kind of reminds you a little bit of Stephon Diggs, as the guy who's yep. going to be here to stay. Exactly. Yep. For me, I'll take a cop out and I'm going to put those two guys in a tier because I think both of those two guys are, are like really, really, really close and we've seen it. But if I was offered a trade and I was offered Zay flowers for Jordan Addison, I'm probably turning it down. I don't know if that's the wrong process, but like Addison is just everything about Addison screams long-term fantasy success. Agreed. Yeah, I love Zay Flowers though. I think he's a stud as well. Yeah,
0: no, Zay's fun, and I like him, and I've got no issues. I'm not going to downplay Zay, but I for me, it's Addison. I think that's right. I, I think actually, you know, I think you got to put JSN in that in that category too. I know he's not producing yeah. right now, but I think that if you're going to make a three man tier, it's got to be or excuse me, if you're going to make a second tier, I think it is those three. Um, you know, do you disagree with that, or do you think JSN is now fallen behind?
1: Well, I do think if we're looking at it as a vacuum, like for what I want for my dynasty teams, if I'm offered Zay flowers for, for JSN, I'm probably just going to, just despite the bullet and stick with JSN. I do think that trade equity matters yeah. in dynasty. Agreed. And I think right now, those two guys have more trade equity. If you ask me who's going to be the best player of the three in over the next five years, I'm still might go JSN. Yeah. Um, and I think that there are some positive signs with JSN. We talk about like the bye week. We see increased usage. It's like a slow drip. Yeah, It's not quite what we want. But last week, he led Seattle in receiving yards. He catches a touchdown. Yes. The week before he had. So it's he's trending up. He's just kind of handcuffed by his situation um, and the offenses that he's in. But I think the second half of the season is going to tell a story of JSN. But I think that that's fair. Where it's those three guys in a tier, you all you want exposure to all three of them, um, and I think all three of them are going to be very very good players long term. Um, so I'm I'm big big on that on that group.
0: Yeah, I think if you're holding like a, a Cooper Cup or Steph Diggs and you're not competing, you're not going to be a winning team, a fantasy team this year, dynasty team. I think pivoting to JSN is actually a, a especially if the JSN team is a competitive team. I think they'd pay you the JSN plus. To get yeah. to one of those guys because JSN somewhat disappointing, and that could look like a, an absolute heist in a year or two, right? Where you got this JSN who's like a, a legit player, plus for an aging you know player that you know who hopefully wins them the title or whatever, you know, God bless you, right? But you know, I think that's a good way to pivot off some of these older players: Devontae Adams, Steph Diggs, Cooper Cup, because I think that you know, because if you're holding Addison. <clears throat> And I'm competing. I'm like, well, I don't need Diggs for Addison. Addison's doing good for me. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. right? So it's like when you see a, a competitor with JSN, you can attack them and 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 say, hey man, you're really good. Up, you know, you want to fucking win. Here's Diggs or you know Cup or whomever, right? Older player that that that's really performing this year. So that's a trade I've seen in a couple spots. It's a trade I've offered in a couple spots, and uh, a trade I'm actually working right now is a Diggs JSN and 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 some stuff around it.
1: I like that. No, I like that a lot. Um, I have a bet with Billy Muzio that we made in the offseason where it was a $350 bet on JSN. I had him finishing inside of the top 36 in the position, finishing as a wide receiver three. Yeah. Billy's been talking trash to me nonstop, <laughs> and he sends me all these Bobo texts <laughs> oh, shit. on Sunday, and then JSN gets the touchdown. It made me feel so good. Yes. So, yes. you know, Second half of the year, I told him, you know, my tune is now JSN's second half of the year is was always the thesis, and I just didn't frame it correctly.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is kind of the thesis. The thesis also was injury. You know, you'd yeah. rather have it – obviously, you don't want any injuries, but you'd rather have it be Lockett for JSN, not DK, because DK really – they're going to put someone else out there. It's not like they're going to be all right, fucking JSN, head out to the, the X and see what you can do. That was never going to happen, so – in walks Bobo, who, by the way, another rookie who actually looks really good.
1: He's old though.
0: Yeah, well, he's Bobo's old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. all right. Buddy. So, like,
1: yeah, it counts, I guess. But he's, he's old like twenty-five. And white. He's yeah. weird and he's got his old, old white guy. guy. Yeah, I love him. Yeah.
0: I'm in. Let's go, Bobo. Uh,
1: he led them in snaps this past week. Yes, he, read, he had more snaps uh, than any Seattle wide receiver. So, you know, like Pete Carroll uh, went with the the big, like I, he's like six four. Yeah. So they they went like like for like size. Exactly. He's a different kind of six four than DK. yeah, DK, you know, DK's a little bit more impressive looking, you think but but <laughs> but Bobo, uh, but Bobo, you know, he looked fine. Yeah. like but if you're in a deep, deep redraft league, um like I wrote about Bobo in my uh, waiver wire column this week, and uh, I didn't think I'd ever be doing that. But you know, I wrote four sentences about Bobo, I'm never gonna get that ten minutes back in my life. <laughs> um (laughs) hey before we move on
0: before we move on speaking of uh impressive looking wide receivers is AJ Brown I mean what the fuck dude is he so good right now dude like
1: AJ Brown if you if you go from week three on he's wide receiver one overall he's since week three on he's been averaging nearly 26 uh PPR points per game yeah it's insane and you know you talk about an offensive coordinator change and also you talk about just Jalen Hurts being willing to just throw it up and go get it, AJ Brown. Yeah, why not? Where last year, I think there was a little bit more a little bit more like game management from from Jalen Hurts in a sense where he was distributing, being a little more balanced between the two wide receivers. This year, he's got eyes for AJ Brown. This is yeah. like the connection in football right now. Um, AJ Brown's maybe the league winner because you were drafting him yeah. at the end in redraft. Bottom of the first round, A.J. Brown, um, people looked at that as kind of like a not a whole lot of upside pick because he last year he gets to 145 targets. And, you know, people are like, maybe that's kind of a cap target ceiling because Goddard missed some time last year um, and all, and Devonta Smith, um, you know, is this incredible target earner. So it's going to be, you know, just might as well wait a couple picks and take Devonta Smith in the second. That's been completely wrong. Devonta Smith is like a low-end wide receiver, too. And A.J. Brown is maybe the best wide receiver in football. Um, and he did it head-to-head head against Tyreek Hill, um, which I think was very, very cool for everyone to see in primetime. So I, I got nothing but incredible things to say about A.J. Brown. This is like, it's kind of like somewhere in like the multiverse, yeah. A.J. Brown would have landed on a team that that gave him 150 targets every year. And he didn't have those years in Tennessee where he was getting one hundred and eight, one hundred and ten targets, um, because you just see how good he is. He's on pace now to get like one hundred and eighty plus targets. It's it's wild. Seventy five targets already through seven games for AJ Brown. It's it's wild.
0: I uh, I will tell you, uh, AJ Brown on my Scott Fishbowl team. Just so you know. uh, there
1: you go, yeah, yeah. there
0: you go. I went, I went, uh, I went CMC. He's worked out. That was that felt good. Uh, I went Cup. That started to feel bad and then i went aj brown but now with all three of those guys healthy and going and then of course i drafted puka and laporta of course and aj it's going to be it's going to be on.
1: the the worst the worst team i've had in Come the fishbowl i started out with travis Kelsey at the 101 okay and then I went CD Lamb, Tony Pollard, mm. which has been like dude. complete purgatory. Yes.
0: I want, I, so. dude, I drafted AJ Brown over Pollard and immediately was like, I think I fucked up. I told, I said I fucked up when I took cup over Tyreek Hill, which actually probably was a fuck up, I guess, in some ways, but like both are fine. But like I was yeah. like, I, I, if I'd have gone Tyreek too, imagine if I'd have gone fucking CMC Tyreek and AJ Brown. Oh my God.
1: Oh that would have been incredible. Oh my but god, I'd yeah, to be no, I'm, I'm,
0: first in the fucking thing. Jesus. Unbelievable. I'm
1: god. I'm definitely rooting for you and you and the fishbowl. I hope you pull it off. Thanks, that would be a big, a big, amazing uh, finish for you. Billy Muzio got very, very high up, I believe, two years ago. Um. So I've known some people get close to it, yeah. but that would be a big, a big, big feather in your cap. I was
0: talking to my, my league. You know, the guys in the league were, you know, group chat or whatever, and you know, we're just chit chatting. And I was telling some of the guys, like you, you have a chance. You have a chance because like almost fifty percent of the, the the field makes the playoffs. You know, something like that. It's like yeah. fourteen hundred out of thirty three hundred or whatever. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like roughly forty or fifty percent of this league will make the playoffs. I said, so you all have a chance. And like, yeah, your team though and whatnot. I'm like, actually. You'd almost rather go in, a, not bad, but a little like scuffling, and because it's whoever's hot down, like yeah. you know, you gotta be hot in the playoffs. So if your team was hot early, it, I mean, unless it's a real juggernaut, it's it's gonna be hard to imagine it stays hot the whole time. So, um, you know, it is what it is, but it's fun as fuck. It's a great tournament. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, that's just it's just fun, you know, and and it's no, fun it's to interact very, very with everybody. Cool. It's fun. It's cool, you know. Um, so, okay. So getting back to this, this class, um, after I totally agree with you, I think it's JSN, Addison and Zay. The question that I think is actually hard is who's next after that. Cause there's a lot of, a lot, cause I don't think it's Quentin Johnston anymore. I mean, you know, yeah. you you know what I'm saying? So like, who do you think it is it, that's next after that, that threesome?
1: This is a very, very difficult question. I think if, if it was a pure talent where I could take any single player and put him uh, in an ideal situation and have him get targets, it it would probably be Marvin Mims. Yeah. But to argue that the, to argue that it's Mims now when he's not producing anything difficult, like you can't do it. It's tough. Uh, as much as as much as even if you're the biggest Marvin Mims uh, fan, yeah, and and you really believe in his talent, it's just not happening this year. Not with Sean Payton. Um, now, a week from now, if the trade deadline goes how we think and potentially a Sutton or a Judy gets moved, then maybe you have a path where a week from now we're like, okay, Mims played 56% of snaps and his trajectory is pointing up. But yeah. right now, I've seen a lot of really, really good things from Josh Downs. There it is. And I want to say Josh Downs.
0: It's so close. Um, I I love that answer, though. It's really got to be close to Josh Downs if it isn't. So keep going. I just love that answer.
1: So it's Josh Downs has done the most. Yes. Tank Dell could have been there if he didn't get hurt.
0: Yep. I have them back to back.
1: And I'll say you have to throw Rashi Rice in there because of the situation Mm. he's in with Mahomes. So I'm going to probably go in a vacuum. A few weeks back, I said Tank Dell was the best third round pick since Deontay Johnson and Terry McLaurin. But I think Downs is, is it. Downs is, has been able to produce in different ways. Yeah. <clears throat> and the guys like Josh Downs hold value for a long time because he can win in the slot. Yes. And he also has big playability as a slot receiver. Yeah. And he's also in a, in a situation where I think they really believe in him. Michael Pittman is 26 years old and playing fantastic. But... Short term, Josh Downs is going to be the number two target in a in a Minshew offense rest of the season. I said, I think that Josh Downs is a wide receiver three for the rest of the seasons. I think he'll be a top 36 wide receiver rest away. So you'll have that year one production. He'll have momentum heading into year two. He is a guy that Anthony Richardson apparently has a bond with. So there's not a whole lot to, to not like about Josh Downs. Um. And he was a mega producer in college, bingo. so there's a lot of bo- a lot of boxes get checked off for Josh Downs. Yeah,
0: his his college profile, if you know, if we didn't have NFL production, was certainly stronger than Tank Dell and Rashi yeah. Rice, for that matter, um,
1: I, and at a better at a better level of college football bingo. play than those two guys. Yeah.
0: Now w- we have to shift to what well, we've seen them both perform at the at the at the NFL level. So that's why I think Downs and Dell are the are the answers for me. Although I do believe I would I would I would rather have Marvin Mims and Rashi Rice. I I don't agree with the Rashi Rice take. Here's my my subtle take on Rashi. I think he is the wide receiver to own in Kansas City. I think he's basically the only wide receiver there with a pulse. You know, I've I've said Cadavers, you know, dead to me. I mean, he's a gimmick player. He's never going to be a real boy. Pinocchio's, you know, dead there. Um, you know, Justin Ross. My God, dude, what the fuck? Did you? Yeah, adjust- not, a, not
1: a good, not a good off the field uh, news for Justin Ross.
0: Like honestly, pour it all the fucking way out for Justin Ross. I think I'll be dropping him in many, le- like not because of a moral stance, but like yeah. that, you know, if you're dragging your girlfriend around the apartment by her hair, you might, not have a future in the nfl i just it's a fucking thing you know
1: you might not want to be a guy who suffered catastrophic injuries who's an undrafted free agent doing that either exactly that's right yeah it's like, I, yes you
0: know yes yeah i said something like uh, uh my I, you, I think you may have seen the tweet uh maybe because maybe the reason he's not playing is because yeah. he's an asshole and someone's like oh there are lots of assholes And I'm like yeah they're not all fucking yeah, what you just said you know fucking undrafted guys yeah. barely playing yeah exactly um so yeah he's 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 fragile the other guy uh, Jalen Hyatt, but I think in, in and we're going to get to him. But the the um the the Kansas City wide receivers I think are all kind of dog shit, right? MVS, you know, yeah, he has some, he's going to have big plays like in a best ball league, you know. MVS scored for you this week, but you can't see it coming. You can never put him into a managed lineup because it's going to be like. Zero 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 fifteen. That's that's his stat line for the year. And you never know when the fifteen or twenty is coming. He's a bum. So I think Rashi is good. But here was my take. If Rashi were really good, Theo, I think he'd have been better already, especially on a on a on a you know efficiency basis. Like if Marvin Mims were getting the Rashi Rice, you know, snaps in Kansas City, don't you think he'd be doing a little bit more with them?
1: Oh a million percent. Yeah. I, I, I think talent wise you can't it's it absolutely would be Marvin Mims. It's not even close for me. Um, so but at the so end that's of the day, what si- it for
0: me because, like, the, the situations will change, and I would think that Marvin will eventually get on the field and be a better player. So, therefore, in Dynasty, I'd prefer him because at this point, you're not starting either guy. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. I di- So Marvin Mims is also, like, I have so much Marvin Mims. Me too. He's one of my most exposed guys. I moved one Marvin Mims share uh, last week in a FFPC Rotoviz triflex format which actually favors the wide receiver I had a very deep wide receiver team loaded team and I moved Marvin Mims and a 2024 20, third to get Isaiah Pacheco mm. cuz I need another running back and I and I don't have enough Pacheco so I'm not like getting off of Marvin Mims but I do think it's it, my my idea with Marvin Mims was I thought that there was no way that he wouldn't make an impact for me in year 1 right, and I it, it it, disappointingly, you have to say that there's a chance that he doesn't make any impact. Year one,
0: it's definitely possible. I mean, we drafted him, or at least I drafted him, thinking that was the case. Especially when you know Tim Patrick and Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton were all there, and you're like, okay, yeah. Dulcich was alive, Um, you know. So you say, okay, well then this is going to be tough. And then Dulcich goes down. Patrick obviously goes down. Judy is not any good at football, and C- Cortland Sutton is Cortland Sutton, and you're like. Okay, well, this ought to be fucking awesome. Just give him seventy percent, you know, snap share, and this motherfucker's gonna go off. And no, that has not been what hap- what's, what's happened. Now, I don't know if this is. I don't know what this is. If this is one of those situations where it's like they're just sort of taking it slow with him, or Peyton,
1: I think is punishing him. Not to interrupt you, no, but I think Sean Payton. Interrupt. Punished- it's the Jets game. Hmm. The Jets game was a game that they were going to win, and Marvin Mims had two big fumbles. Yeah. And Sean Payton's like this old school dude. And he already wasn't really trusting Marvin Mims with like a huge amount of snaps. And after that, it's been downhill. Mm. So it's terrible process from the coaching staff. Like they don't have enough talent that they can do that. No. Um, And it's certainly like a big F you to all of us fantasy football managers. Uh, Yeah, man. And, and and just as
0: a Marvin Mims fan, like a football fan, I'm like, like if you're playing the video game, if (laughs) I love doing this, if you're playing Madden, Fucking Mims is running some deep routes on that motherfucker, right? Like you know, you you can just see it. You're like, dude, fucking Mims right there. If they go, if they, if the safety is not, like, you're just. I'm ready to hit Mims on a fucking deep one. You know, he's like, a stud. Mim- yes. Mims, is a stud. Yeah, I love. Like, he Mims. puts so much um, pressure on the defense because not only is he fast, but he's also a, a great. You know, uh, he, he goes up and gets it. You know, he's got a great catch radius. He goes up and makes plays like he's done that on film in the NFL. So and and then he's returning fucking kicks and shit like he's clearly an athlete with the ball in his hand at this at this level. I mean, yeah, to see him score negative on a bullshit end around or whatever it was, you know, it's just it's painful just to watch this, you know?
1: Yeah, but I think you make a great point on if you're not contending this year. Offer your Rashi Rice and yeah. get Marvin Mims. Plus, I think that's a great pivot.
0: Yeah, I think Mims is a buy low right now because I think some people are like, you know, you know how the dynasty crew is. It's very fickle nowadays. And, yeah. you know, if he's not scoring, he had the negative and it, it just sucks. So it's your you're, you're, you're emotional little bitches in your league. I'm like, no, I don't like Marvin Mims anymore. You know, just go take him, you know, and, and, yeah. uh, and I think that's a great buy. Um, so I, th- I I think it's Mims still right there with Downs and Dell, if not ahead. I mean, it's he's right there for me. The other group is like the Michael Wilson, Jaden Reed. Uh, am I forgetting anybody in that group? Rashi, if you like him, I think that's about I think it in that group.
1: That's about yeah, that's about it for that group. And I think it's kind of like a uh, Rashi might be in his own little mini tier just because of the quality of the situation for me. Yeah, because you know you know we talk about like talent and situations change yeah but as long as you're in kansas city and you're attached to patrick mahomes he's got a chance to return you know wide receiver three value for a long time in his career and even if they add a proper alpha um and obviously the alpha is travis kelsey i mean kelsey's playing insane especially the last two weeks but even if they add an upgraded wide receiver one year two rashi rice yeah. Is going to be the kind of guy you you're pretty uh you know, you you feel okay about putting in your flex. You would think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you would, you think. would think. So I agree. He's pretty insulated. The other guy, uh, but those the other guy for me, those right other after guys that. Are cool. yeah.
0: Right after right after that for me is like Jalen Hyatt has to be mentioned because, you know, he was a look, he was you know, I heard uh Dwayne McFarlane and Ian Hardicks talking about him a little bit, and it's like he's starting to come on. He, you know, Lance Zerline, you know, thought he was a first-round talent. There was a lot of people who thought he was talented. There was a few people who sort of mocked him because of the offense he came from in Tennessee, where it was a little bit, you know, schemed and put together. But the dude has also kind of performed on a per, you know, per-snap basis thus far on a team that nobody has really performed on a per-snap basis at the wide receiver position. So that certainly speaks to his talent potentially. Uh, He certainly has speed. He's young. He's frisky. He's got some draft capital. He's starting to play you know, Jalen Hyatt could be a little something, something.
1: Jalen Hyatt is explosive and he's, you know, again, a third from this third round. Yeah. Um, he was a four, four flat guy at the combine. But if you will remember, we all thought he was going to be like a four, three, two guy, right. a four, three, three guy. Yeah, the field, the field um, speed is good. Yeah. And he flashes on field. Um, All of the giants have made a point about talking about how good he had was in the preseason um, you know, you hear like Tyrod Taylor, not not even when Tyrod Taylor was starting. I read an uh, interview with Tyrod Taylor where he was specifically talking about how Jalen Hyatt's going to help the team this year and make plays. And also, you know, I think the Giants have a plan for him. You're starting to see it. He had a season high five targets this past week. Um, I had him very high up in my waiver wire uh, rankings because I think he's attainable in a lot of redraft leagues. And I think the trajectory is definitely pointing up. Like we wanted Wondell Robinson to be a thing, it's just it's just not happening. The yeah. ceiling is too low, yes. um, and there's nothing else there. It's Darren Waller, Saquon Barkley, and then there's an opportunity for one other giant. I think over the second half of the year, when you see Jalen Hyatt start getting into like that seven to eight target range, yes, then he becomes very very fun because. Yes. He can really, really go, and yes. he can make really, really big plays. That's so, the key.
0: That's the key yeah. is that if you are able to attain Hyatt, or if you have, you know, I, I put him on the block in one league. It was funny too because I put him on the block, and I was like, literally moments, later, I was like, actually, fuck off. He's not available. He's going off this week, and everybody laughed at the, you know, because it was right before this past week, and I'm like, dude, he's bound to like make a gigantic play. And so, when you see that, if he if he goes out and has a, you know eight target game where he has five catches for 122 and two touchdowns or something, you know, it's like, which is in the realm of possibility for this guy to take it over the top or something. He's, his value is going to skyrocket, right? It's like, Oh wait, this is the breakout, you know, everybody's going to be. So I think he has that sort of asymmetrical value pop because of his big play opportunity. And if he, if you were to see that in the next couple of weeks, you know, he's a guy that you can maybe buy low, sell high in the, you know, in a short term sort of profit, um, or if you just like him. I mean, I, I think he's a little bit of that, like, uh, you know, the the MVS Robbie Anderson type player where it's like maybe he's just not a guy who's going to ever be a high-volume target guy, but it's possible that he's a bit more than those guys, and he's he's something that, you know, maybe he can see enough target share where he can actually – the big plays aren't the only thing of value or he still has a floor.
1: I would say – He's kind of like a Rashid Shaheed. Mm. So a level up from those guys. Yes. Um in terms of like you're starting to see Rashid Shaheed this year getting more and more touches. Yeah. Um and again, he doesn't have the target competition around him True. like a Rashid Shaheed has. So I'm a pretty intrigued by Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. Um and I think a lot of us were down on him in the draft process last year. I know we were at player profiler. Yeah, me too. Um but I'm willing to change my tune. Yeah. Um, he looks good and he can get open deep and they're willing to throw him the ball and he looks explosive on an NFL field. So let's go Jalen Hyatt. Let's go
0: Jess. Last one. Last one. We're not going to talk about Bobo. We're not going to do it, but don't do it. No, don't we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. But actually the guy who I think has been a buy all season. We haven't really had an opportunity to talk about him on the show is Pop Douglas. You know, the, 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 the kid in uh, New England, you know, Will certainly let him walk just like we did with Jacoby Myers, and and you know sign some you know dusty vet in a couple of years. But P- Pop Douglas, I think, is the real deal. I think he's actually a good little player, and he's the perfect look. He's in that sort of Josh Downs, Tank Dell mold. Small guy, but super shifty and explosive. Um, you know, he got punished for fumbling and then got a concussion, and he's been out. And you know, I think if he'd have just sort of been playing from 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 the get. He's a target earner, uh, especially for a team that doesn't have, you know, the time to throw it downfield. I, I, I really like this Pop Douglas.
1: So he was always a good, very good special teams player, too, yeah. and came from a smaller school. Um, He was a Liberty, Liberty player. But, like, he's the kind of guy, I followed him in the preseason, and it kind of made sense for New England to get him going. And then there was, like, some internal, like the beat reporters, the fans, let's get him more involved. I'm always kind of intrigued by those kind of guys. Um, But he's small. Yeah. But they're also using him on, like, manufactured rushing attempts. Yep. He had a 20-yard rush this past week. Um, And he gets a 20% target share. And they have some pretty decent matchups coming up. They have Washington coming up. Uh, Miami this week, the game flow could, could prop him up. And it's pretty much Kendrick Bourne, and that's it. So, New England needs more weapons on offense besides obviously Ramondre Stevenson and then Kendrick Bourne, who's playing out of his mind. Um, But Pop Douglas, unless Bill Belichick gets like super cute and views this guy as more of a role player then I think Pop Douglas needs to be a waiver-wire priority for you if you have Wednesday night waivers this week. Boy, like, I had yeah. him in my top ten of my waivers. Yes. Um. You know, he's a guy in the redraft that I think could be super interesting in the second half of the year. It's those rushing attempts that kind of get me excited for him because he looks really good with the ball in his hands, and if he's going to get manufactured uh, touches. I'll say this, like, Tyquan Thornton has completely fallen yes. off the face of the earth. Yep. But you did have a couple games last year where they've manufactured Russian attempts for Thornton, and he was able to do very, very well. Yeah. So you could see that with Douglas.
0: I just think I just think that Kendrick Bourne and Pop Douglas are the actual two best wide receivers on that team. And and I I don't even think that's like a hot take. Like no, Tyquan's ta- 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 not good. Juju is dust. Um, you know, which is sad or whatever. I don't know, fucking. But he's is it, done.
1: That's not that sad. Not that. No, sad.
0: but I mean, it's like it's done. It's overdone. Done. And, um, and, and Parker, I mean, he's kind of a bum really is what he is, you know, even his answer after he dropped that pass, like he didn't have any accountability. He's like, yeah, it maybe touched my fingertips. It's like, dude, you're a fucking loser. Like that's a loser answer. I mean, I, it was just really embarrassing. First of all, bail out your fucking douchebag quarterback. And he is a douchebag. Just bail him out, you know, and just be like, yeah, I dropped it it's my, on me. Like, and then people are like, dude, that, 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 that guy's a dog. And so he's like, yeah. You know, maybe it touched me it's like what the fuck bro so yeah. he's a loser but you know keep him at the x and and then you know douglas and and born you know for all the 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 volume touches it's like god these guys are open
1: yeah they're open no, for sure yeah and it's just a like also you saw douglas get this increased usage and they have their biggest win of the season they beat their rivals and the bills yeah like it all it's all coming together <laughs> he's got the momentum right now so yeah, I'm I'm super interested in uh in Douglas. Like, yeah. I play a lot of FFPC Dynasty, where he's he's available yeah. in a bunch of these FFPC yes. Dynasty leagues. I'm gonna try to add him in a lot of places. I did have him in a, in a number of other like deeper dynasty formats. though. Yeah.
0: I've got him stashed on uh, a number of taxes yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. So here's some sad news. How bad is it? We're gonna move off the off the wide receivers. How bad is it for Deshaun Watson? I mean. I, you know it's like is he hurt is he is he still like in legal trouble is he any good anymore like there's a lot of questions that the answers we may not want to hear the answers if we if we had a magic eight ball if you're holding uh deshaun watson in dynasty it's it's pretty ugly i i have a couple questions but how bad is it do you think
1: it's really, 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 really bad. Yeah. Um. Like, the quality of the play is not there. Yeah. In, he's injured. Um. You obviously had the off-the-field stuff last year. But I will say this. There's sort of a sky-is-falling, like, reaction. But at the end of the day, Deshaun Watson will be a starting quarterback next year for the Cleveland Browns. Yep. And you can't say that about a lot of these other, like, kind of middling quarterbacks. Um. Yeah. Especially from a dynasty perspective. Yep. So the one thing that Deshaun Watson has is l- more long term, um, more long term insulation yeah. than I think a lot of fantasy managers would would realize. Like they can't move off of him; they can move off of the head coach. Yeah, um, and they might do that. They it might, might be to, not, like, Yeah, they might, might
0: have to not play him and pay him. That's actually in the cards. Like that's what they're doing right now. Like, wh- I don't know, man. Like. It, He's, is he hurt? Is he hurt or is he I think like, he is, is,
1: I think he is hurt. Okay.
0: Okay. He doesn't look
1: right. And, uh, you know, I think there is a shoulder injury. Okay. Now how injured it is. I don't know. Okay. Um, but I don't think it's like a bruised <sighs> ego thing and they're
0: just saying shoulder. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, all right. Well, shoulders, that's part of the throwing thing, isn't it? You yeah. Use that. To it's do- not good. Oh, okay. It's bad. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. Ready? In dynasty, Kirk Cousins or Deshaun Watson? Kirk Cousins. Yeah, easy for me right now. Geno Smith. Not even a question. Geno Smith. <sighs> right. Gosh. Yeah.
1: I'm might. I might go Deshaun Watson. Yeah. But it's 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 very very close. Very
0: close. Uh, Jared Goff.
1: Oh man, I can't believe I'm saying this. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Jared Goff.
0: (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Okay.
1: Jared Goff's in a better offense. He's going to start next year. I have no, no, like, there's nothing in the back of my mind saying Jared Goff is not going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL next year. Like, that's a really good litmus test one.
0: Yeah. Okay. Here's one Bryce Young.
1: You got to go Bryce Young. Yeah. So, Bryce Young doesn't have the ceiling of a Deshaun Watson, but Bryce Young is going to be a long term starter in this, in the league. So, if it's super flex, like these kind of quarterback questions are, then it's Bryce Young even though he's a cap ceiling player um i don't have anything to worry about with Bryce Young in terms of him like losing his job these number one picks like how many chances has Baker Mayfield gotten yeah um like Bryce Young will be a starting quarterback in 5 years i have no doubt yeah
0: yeah the, the, then it's guys like like you can't you can't prefer Stafford or Carr or Russell Wilson or anybody like no, that no you can't
1: Right, you can't Mac Jones or and...
0: Pickett. You can't prefer any of those guys. No, right,
1: Ritter. You can't. No, no, no. Um, right.
0: So really, incredible. he's I, that puts Deshaun Watson, give or take, quarterback eighteen or nineteen, somewhere in there in dynasty. Because clearly, he's behind Purdy. Yeah, oh yeah,
1: a yeah, 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 well million Purdy. percent yeah. behind Purdy. Yeah. Yeah, wait, I was going to say his cut off yeah. cutoff lines quarterback twenty. Yeah, you really can't honestly rank him below quarterback twenty. Right, despite the incredible. Uh, incredibly poor performance you've seen over the last two years.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's wild. It's wild.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really wild.
0: Yeah. Okay. I mean, he still possesses upside, right? B yes. counter would love him. He loves B, that upside. B counter.
1: B counter's looking for that Quentin Johnson, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, Watson starting lineup. Yeah,
0: just, the stack. Maybe they'll trade him. I don't know. He go somewhere. Yeah, it's good. That's a stack to to, to play in dynasty because the upside unknown upside mm-hmm. unknown upside unknown upside. Uh, he does still have that. Deshaun does, but um, at the end of the day, I, I, I don't know. All right, so you know, you you guys were doing something on the on the um, Sonic Truth podcast, and it was one of those things that it's the thing where I say I always want to do on this show, which is when you're having the conversation as a listener, you just want to fucking get in there. You're like, let me have my chance to talk. And you guys were talking about the quarterbacks, and I swear I was itching to get in there. So I'm going to have it a little bit with you if that's okay.
1: Sure. Yes. Yes. Go for
0: it. So, okay. I think we all agree right now. You know, the God tier and the God tier is like Mahomes, Allen, Hurts. Any, yes. Anybody else you'd like to add to that? Because there may be one that I'd like to consider.
1: Well, does Lamar Jackson touch the God tier? He touches his it. Con- yeah, he's, yeah, he touches
0: it. He touches it if he doesn't. If he's not in it, he feels like he might be in it.
1: Yeah, Lamar Jackson Close. might be in it. And I'll, and I'll say that I don't want to say Justin Herbert's in it, but he's, he's not close. He's, he's he's quarterback five, and I think that that's close enough.
0: It's close. Um, I think I think but, we can make a case for God tier. Lamar is the is the you know he's the gatekeeper. OK, yeah. Be, and so because hurts Allen, I mean, Allen, just, you know, even when he's bad, he's good. You know, it's like so good. So and Mahomes is going nowhere and he's going to be great forever. And it's just like it's just so secure. He's what is that? A government bond. You know what I mean? Whatever it is it's like a T-bill. Yeah, he's fucking as steady and secure as it could possibly be. He, he, he'll break his knee and just pop it back in. You remember when he did that in the playoff game? He's like, yeah, just fucking put that thing back. And he's like, all right, I'm good. So he's amazing. Um, Lamar. I agree. Okay, so that's the top 4. From there, you did say that Justin Herbert is quarterback 5. Okay. I'm okay with that. As a matter of fact, I don't even disagree with it necessarily. I'm just saying from that from from Justin Herbert it, there's there's a I, there's questions I have is all I'm saying. Even with Herbert, man, it's like that team is so dysfunctional. You know, we, we talked last week, when do the chargers not charger? They charger all the time. They're just constantly charging. And I, I just don't know what to make of that team. And, and Justin Herbert stuck in it.
1: Well, Justin Herbert has given you a QB two overall season, True. you know, as a young quarterback. So we've seen the immense upside, you know, we've seen him pass for nearly 40 touchdowns. Um, I'd like to think that a lot of that is like a, a the dysfunction is the head coach. Mm. I think he's been very handcuffed by having to play under Brandon Staley. It's just it's just ugly. But I do think to me, he's it. He's quarterback five. Um, I can't think of anybody who I'd rather have than him below him as kind of like a, a litmus test for me. Like if Anthony Richardson didn't get hurt already, and like Anthony Richardson played the entire season, then I think Anthony Richardson, you could make an argument for that. But the that, fact that, that he already, my guy. Is, he's already hurt.
0: That's my guy. But Anthony Richardson was the guy I was having a hard time with where you guys were shoving him around in, in the conversation. I felt like, you know, we just had forgotten that he looks so good. He looks so NFL ready for a kid that we said was not going to be NFL ready. He was physically imposing and we're blaming him for getting a concussion and for two 300 pound guys laying on his shoulder and popping it out like I don't know is that is that bad luck or is he now injury prone because he got injured you know I think it just I don't think he's injury prone he's a four 250 pound dude I think he's gonna be fine I mean. You know, you guys made the RG three thing. I didn't like any of that. I just that was to push, my,
1: That was my argument. I want and to push back want, against that. Yeah, and I
0: love you. Yeah. You know that, that that was just the yeah, one yeah. where I was like, hey, hold on a minute. You know, RG three got thrown out. He got malpracticed. Like RG three yes. might have been able to continue to play if they just would have allowed him to do so and not put him back in that game because that was tough to watch. That was that was like an Alex Smith moment. You know, watching him go out there and just fucking you know run on a gimpy leg. I just think that Anthony Richardson has to be considered at quarterback 6 in dynasty because of all the upside and look I get it you're not going to get any production this season but start of next season you're telling me you're going to pick like we're doing a we're doing a startup draft in August or excuse me in in, in the spring you're telling me that Anthony Richardson isn't going to be kind of almost locked into QB6 uh you know ADP
1: You make a very good point Thank and you. I'll say that the difference is the for Anthony Richardson to leave like three games, though, yeah, like he's got to—that's part of it part of his game's got to become better mentally. In terms of, he's so physical, he's so fast, he's such a, a, a talented runner, but he's got to be able to avoid getting hit, yep, and being able to to stay in games, no doubt. And I think that the the, the fact that he's doing that as a twenty-one-year-old who didn't start a ton of college games is better than if it was like some twenty-three-year-old who was like a four-year guy, and all of a sudden we we're, he's doing the same thing. Right. And my whole thing was with uh, RG3 was a, a dynamic fantasy talent who puts up huge fantasy numbers and then has his career cut short sure. because of getting hits, and, and these scrambling quarterbacks need to be able to protect themselves. But devil's advocate against my comments was Richardson again, he'll be 22 next season. Yep. And it's not like this that he's he's the season ends for him on a knee injury um, or some catastrophic, you know, ankle thing. It ends on a shoulder injury. Yep. You got to think that this is going to be something he'll overcome. Yep. I mean, yes. And again, I think that a lot of it, a lot of it when we get to this level of below Lamar um, or Herbert, if you want to throw him in there, it's it's kind of semantics because yes. I think that Richardson could be there. But like, if you tell me a Joe Burrow versus Anthony Richardson versus C.J. Stroud, like we can have a conversation, and I think that the range of outcomes, a number of scenarios could happen where there's not like somebody's going to be like so so right. Yes. Um. But I'll say if you play for upside and you're trying to get a guy that can finish as QB one overall, that's not in the god tier. Richardson's definitely right there. Right? right, there's few guys. Yeah, so that's
0: that's my point, see, right? So in the in the ceiling outcome, and and he's also secure as can be. Like they're not going to be. They're not thinking about mm, million percent. Right, they're not thinking about anything. They're like, yeah, yeah no, he's he's the guy. He also will, yeah. you know, Michael Pittman, Josh Downs on year two, like Jonathan Taylor locked in. The, you know, who knows what they do in the draft? Can they get some offensive line? You know, can they they can put some stuff around They don't need to go spend on on skill positions. They might. Get one. Who knows? Right. Um, So that team could look really, really dangerous next year. He'll be healthy. He'll be in year two. He'll have the whole camp to come in and, you know, do all the things that you're asking him to do, which, of course, he needs to do. And you would think Shane Steichen smart enough to teach him and help him and get there. I don't think there's I just think there's a lot of infrastructure around him that's going to get him where you say you want him to go. I don't know. You know, I get that obviously we're playing for this year too. So he's going to score you checks, notes, zero fucking fantasy points this year. So that part you could make the argument. I feel like that part you could say, "Hey, look, I would rather have Joe Burrow because he's at least going to help me win this year. And it's like, well, that I can't argue with, but any of the other stuff, I just, I think it's kind of just bad luck. And we're going to see starting next year, there's going to be no thought of like, is his shoulder okay? Is he going to get hurt? I don't think any of that's going to be like a real concern of ours. I think it's going to, I mean, shit, it's always a concern. I, I watched Lamar Jackson play and I'm like, don't get hurt, don't get hurt, don't get hurt, don't get hurt. Jalen Hurts, he kind of like scrambled the other, uh, this past week and like he, he just fell down and took the sack. And I was like, and he kind of got up slow. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God, my God. right? Like, you know, these guys are all you know, could get hurt. Right.
1: So when, when Jordan Addison had a hurt, hurt foot on the sideline, I nearly threw up.
0: Right, I nearly threw up. Yeah. These injuries, man, they can come for anybody. And I think they're more irregular than anything. I think certainly Anthony Richardson's were to some degree. I mean, you know, yes, he does need to protect himself. I think he thinks, you know, obviously in college, I think he probably was like a man among boys in a little more of a a certain way. And maybe he needs to kind of, understand to protect himself a little bit better hopefully he can learn that he is a student of the game he has by all accounts shown that ability so for me it's very very hard not to have anthony richardson right there with what i've seen of him and the upside right obviously if there was no points for rushing he'd be way the fuck down who cares but you do get points for the rushing you know yeah yeah
1: no big time big time
0: all right so there we go we said it and i think that the the group of like lawrence burrow Tua, stroud i think that's a group Yes, those are those are like those are guys that like I can't untangle them so much. Um, it's hard to untangle them. I just think that there's those are four four guys in a, in a tier. Do you agree with that?
1: Yes, and I'll I will say that that's that's four guys in a group. And I'll say that the next few weeks are going to be tilting <laughs> because Kyler Murray comes back. Yes, and we also need to see Justin Fields yes. when he comes
0: back. Correct.
1: So like those two guys have like the huge range of outcomes. Yes. Like. I believe was was that me and you in a startup draft discussion where I took Kyler Murray and and I I'm not I don't remember it could have been Memphis, mm. um, but there was the summer where we did a startup draft and uh, I took Kyler Murray and, and I got kind of like roasted a little bit about how he's not going to come back. But I think the fact that he's coming back this quickly, yeah, where six weeks ago we would have maybe guessed that he didn't play a down this season, right? Um, I'm optimistic for kyler murray yes. we've never seen him finish below quarterback 11 on the year in points per game in his entire career last year he was quarterback seven and last mm. year was like a down year everybody's kind of disappointed and yep. he's still quarterback seven because he makes shit happen on a football field uh in fantasy and i think that this offensive scheme uh where josh dobbs has had all these games of over 40 rushing yards and we like the way hollywood brown looks we talked about Michael Wilson, like. I think Kyler Murray could come back and kind of quickly rise back into our discussion for this like top 8 in in dynasty. I really do. Totally. I think that he's got totally. he's got a lot of a lot of a lot of interesting things going on there in Arizona.
0: Yeah, so I love the way you just said. It. So if we have Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Lamar and then just Herbert, let's just say those five, Anthony Richardson whatever. But then we have this sort of group this Lawrence Burrow, Tua, Stroud. I would say and I, I love the way you think if we just turn the dials on how we're playing uh, fantasy football and we go from safety to ceiling, like, you know, high risk, like turn up the dials on high risk. You would take Fields and Kyler and put them up ahead of Anthony Richardson right behind Herbert, you know, because for ceiling, it's like, no, no, no Kyler Murray is going to outscore all those other four dudes, you know, if he hits his ceiling because he's got the rushing and the thing and whatnot. And same thing with Fields. The questions that surround those two players are what hold them down, not the answers, right? It's the questions, not the answers, right?
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a great way of putting it. Fields, I almost think it's a – I think it's almost a given at this point he'll be on a different team next year. I really think that Chicago is going to pivot off of him this offseason, and I think that's not necessarily the worst thing. No, I agree. Uh, Like getting away from Eberfluss potentially – like I think that the – that the dream outcome. I've been saying this. I Justin heard you Fields. say
0: it. I, I almost wanted you to fucking shout me out because I've been saying it so much. Say it.
1: You're you were all on this one, but he's a Georgia native. Yes. They took Kyle Pitts over him. Atlanta Falcons, Um, you know, during the draft, yes. they were kind of linked to Justin Fields as a Matt Ryan replacement. They chose to go with Kyle Pitts. But you get the idea of Justin Fields going to his home <laughs> state, playing eight games inside um, and having this very, very strong talent around him and a defense yes and Atlanta also is going to price themselves out of being able to draft some of these elite quarterbacks in this in this draft so it's like do you want to kind of take like you know a quarterback at like 19th overall or do you want to just go and get like Justin Fields and I think that the the Justin Fields pivoting to the Atlanta Falcons would be like the greatest thing for his career yes it would be a great thing for Atlanta It would be super exciting for us as fantasy managers. Um. So I think that there's a chance that, that that pivot comes where it's a much better situation for Fields. And I think that this Chicago coaching staff with Lieberfluss has been like a, like a joke, complete joke. Yes, And Fields has also had to go through multiple offensive coordinator changes in his career. So I think him moving on to a different team, we've seen this incredible fantasy production in stretches and in certain games. I think he'll settle into a range in dynasty like kind of where we have him now. Yeah. I think he's probably probably was always a little closer to quarterback ten than he was this summer where, you know, you get really excited about the DJ Moore edition um and you you have these like ideas that Justin Fields could be a top five dynasty quarterback. I just don't think he's gonna reach that, but I think he'll be a really impactful fantasy quarterback for a few years at least, unless you know injuries catch up to him.
0: Yeah, you get the Arthur Smith, run the football, B. John Robinson, the weapons there. I mean, even, you know, it, it's like it's like um it, you just see it happen. I mean he's got these big yeah. targets. I would I would just love for them to add one speed receiver to that. Get, and, get
1: a Josh Downs type.
0: Yeah. Or I mean yeah any any sort of somewhat talented outside speed receiver just to create I mean, do you realize the pressure that would be put on a defense if they had Justin Fields and one, you know, Jalen Hyatt type of player on the outside? Like, I mean, you'd be stretched in so many ways because you look at Bijan, you're like, oh shit, he can do a lot of stuff. He can come out of the backfield and catch the ball. They can run the football at any down. They have a very creative running attack. They have Pitts, a matchup nightmare. Drake London, an absolute target hog. And you know, I think that you could see um, you know, Fields targeting Drake London like he targets DJ Moore just over and over and over again. And and then of course Fields to run the football. And just the way that I think a creative, you know, and, and we give Arthur Smith a lot of a lot of shit, but first of all, his quarterback is fucking Desmond Ritter. And was yeah. like, come on, man, throw it all over the place. Like probably not a fucking good idea, you know? So as much shit as we I don't give Arthur Smith Smith that much shit because ultimately his job is to win football games. And You know, he's kind of doing that. You know, he's kind of winning football games. So that's he's doing a fucking good job as far as I'm concerned. And so we just have to deal with the the shrapnel that that he creates with the way that he wins football games, not criticize him because criticizing him, you sound like an idiot. It's like, dude, do this other thing. You know, it's like, no, no, no. He's doing what he's doing, it just sucks for fantasy, is the way I sort of see that. But I think if you, I like
1: to I like to criticize, Arthur yeah, it's so. fine. I'll, course. Course. I'll be Wait, yeah, I'll be fun. the idiot in this situation. You, I'll be, you, uh, but you, know. you
0: don't. But seriously, like, what do you really want him to do? Like, step back and shotgun and just fucking sling it around with Ritter? Like, that's a losing. No, but
1: right. I wanted him. I wanted him to have the targets that were going to Jonu Smith. Sure. Go to Kyle Pitts. Sure, that. and Drake London. <laughs> so I'll I'll take I'll take that one. Just 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 you know I, uh, you know I love and he's got he's got this funny. this like this bromance with Jonu Smith. Where, like, that was his guy. But we love John. Um, Remember when we thought he was we do, good? We do. love. Remember? Hey, listen, we love John. I and John was, was like his guy in Tennessee.
0: Oh, it's so funny. And
1: they're both last name Smith. Yes. And now he comes over. There. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's his guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's his guy. That's his so, guy.
0: Yeah, I get it. But I mean, it's like, you know, it, it, there's just certain things that you're like, oh, look, of course, I would want him to throw it more to Kyle Pitts if it, 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 Pitts is unbelievable. But, you know, again, the, the tight end position is always funny that way. So, anyway, I think that's, 100%. I think, look, Justin Fields in Atlanta is like literally it's captivating. It's captivating. Yep. It really is. And then after that, there's a bunch of guys. And I think you could even make a case for after the, the fields, Murray, you know, of course you can move uh, Murray up, feel free. I've, I've heard this from many people. I have no issue. I feel like you can move him up as high as quarterback five in there with Justin Herbert. And you're not crazy. I don't agree with it, but I, I also see that. So, you know, a lot of times we put out our rankings and people have a lot to say. I would just say like, when you're having the nuanced take, Allow yourself to gain profit in those in, in that top twelve. I think the twelve is a, is a tier. You know, If Fields is a, is, a, is a lottery ticket. And I think you can buy low. So if you feel like Fields is going to be fine eventually, you know, he's he's a buy. If you are really scared, I think it's still a good time to sell him because he's still worth something. So, uh, but after that, you get you get the guys like you know, it's basically Dak, Purdy, Cousins, Geno, Goff, just guys that score your points, but and still have a. A fairly decent future I think Dak is probably the the gatekeeper of that group along with probably Purdy I guess
1: um I like the Purdy I like you know we moved Purdy up yeah and I think Purdy's interesting because Purdy's given us four QB1 weeks this this year yep he's got the quality of the the offense around him Shanahan believes in him and also you've got the fact that San Francisco can pay him this dirt cheap contract yeah so like they don't have any incentive to move off of Purdy, right? Um, so for me, I'm taking Purdy ahead of Dak. That's fair. Um, and I'm doing it fairly confidently. Yeah. I think to me, like it's a it's a drop from Fields to Purdy. Yes, but I think you can make an argument that Purdy's like QB thirteen, yep. ish in Dynasty. Right, I
0: have him at fourteen. That right there with Dak. And if you said if we were in a startup and you're like, let's just take Purdy, I'd be like, okay. You know, right? Either way, that's fine. I think Purdy's younger, and yeah, it's fine. I think he's insulated. I think he will eventually get a contract. What kind? Who cares? But he'll get one. But at this point, you're right. He's insulated by his contract being so small, and eventually <laughs> he'll be interested. It, it, you know, insulated with a with a bigger one. You know, but he is. You're right. He's insulated because he's free 99, and, and they love him. And, and he's a good player, man. He's a, he's a good quarterback. Good. He's good. You know, I don't think he's as good as like Kirk Cousins in real life. You know, I think Cousins is a better football player quarterback, but it doesn't really matter, you know, because he's still going to be playing for that, that great San Francisco team. And uh, that, that helps him. So, um, and cousins is like 40 years old. So, but cousins, man, what a fucking performance this past week. And, you know, he's been, he's been found money in, in, in dynasty superflex leagues for, I don't know how long, and he has some big weeks, but he's just, he is just right on the, right on the cusp of quarterback one every single year for like the last, like almost 10 years.
1: Yeah, and I almost think Kirk Cousins is, is still a dynasty buy, even though he's 35. Yeah. Because you can just see him, like, let's say next year Minnesota moves on, wants to go, gets access to a, a rookie quarterback, moves on from Cousins. Um, that could happen. Or Cousins just retains his job with three excellent pass catchers. Or you could see Cousins be like a like a pivot and a number of teams just move on to cousins and look at him as a as an upgrade at the position. So I think Cousins has so many outs. He's 35, but he seems like the kind of guy that's going to start until he's like 40. You know like he, I think his is
0: He was the quarterback six last year. You know? Yeah. You know what he is this year?
1: Quarterback six
0: ish. <laughs> he's quarterback six. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, what do you want him to do? Like, you know, he is He's actually a difference maker because of how cheap he is every single year. Like on on the transaction basis, you're you're paying low end QB two prices and then you're getting QB one performance. I mean, it's just he's so, so good and he's so undervalued because of the sort of, you know, the perception of this big game thing, which has been true, actually, but. Who gives a shit? You know, it's like, I don't, we're playing fantasy. It's not real life or whatever. So it's been, he's been so great. So you could even talk me into having him above Dak, although that's a little bit harder case to make. I think Dak still holds pretty good upside, but yeah, Cousins been so good. And I think that's about where it starts to get a little bit murky um, in, in the quarterback land. And, you know, that puts us about, okay, 20, as you mentioned with like Stafford and Watson, that means there's like 12 teams with like major question marks at the quarterback spot, which is also why when people say, well, will argue like, dude, Fields, you got to get him out of there because he's not going to have a job. It's like, yeah, he will. You, Tennessee wouldn't like to have fucking Justin Fields or you know, New England or you know, go down the list of all Tampa Bay, right? Um, all these teams, Denver, you know, there's not enough. Someone, rookies.
1: someone's going to give someone's going to give Justin Fields another opportunity to 100%. be a starter. He's a first round draft pick and he's flash talent. The I do think that losing a lot of football games, NFL teams will sometimes hold that against these guys. Yes. But Fields definitely has one more crack at it, at least. Yes. Um. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, one.
0: I don't think he's going anywhere, and he'll he'll score fantasy points. He may be a, a sort of a short lived quarterback. He may not be a guy that plays till he's thirty five. But I think he he still has that range of, in his range of outcomes. But I think more likely he doesn't stand the whole test of time. But who knows, man? It could be a little bit of situation more than than talent because he's flashed the upside, even throwing the football. What do you have? Two weeks here in a row where he was really, really good yeah. before he hurt the thumb. Four, so.
1: four touchdown passes. Yeah, four man. touchdown passes back to back weeks.
0: Hey Theo, thanks so much for coming on, man. This has been an awesome show. So uh, I want to end on something fun, but uh, th- I just want to say before we kind of do that, thank you so much. You're you're a true friend, and I will say you're a true fucking player, man. You are you are a legit player. So thank you so much, man.
1: Oh no, I love I love coming on. I this is my 3rd time. Some three out of 155 episodes. That's 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 pretty good flex. (laughs) absolutely. Pretty good flex.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Uh I I'd have you on all the time. I love talking to you. I've mentioned this a, a few times that there's a there's a number of people that like I could do a, you know, we could do a show every week together. You know what I mean? Um I love having new people, of course, but there's definitely some mainstays that we just have a great show together. You're 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 legit good at this, but you're also legit good at Dynasty. We got a chance to do a startup this year, um, you know medium stakes, $250 league. I mean, it's a pretty, pretty good stakes. Um, and, uh, you know, looks like we're, we're toiling a little bit. We're, we're both, uh, we're both going to be, uh, in the playoffs. It looks like there's basically, uh, you know, it's one of those leagues right right now where there's seven teams that are four and three or better. And then, you know, the eighth place team is two and five, probably not making it. So it's like, there's six spots for seven teams. You and I are among them. So could be pretty, could be pretty, uh, entertaining. What do you think of that league, bro?
1: I got my boy Kirk Cousins at quarterback. I took that dynasty discount right there, yes, but yeah, did. I feel I I split that team with Dan Williamson. Shout out to my boy Dan from Absolutely. the Goat District. And uh, Dan and I, we kind of like midway through the startup, we're we're like, okay, we're going for it. So we're a little bit older, um, but yeah, I think our team has a has a legitimate shot. I need Austin Eckler to stay healthy, but we've had McCaffrey. Um, we have good wide receivers. Uh, we're we're, we're George Pickens was a nice pick for us. Yeah. We got him at a. At a nice range, but yeah, I would say yeah, ninth round. Or like, something lo- like that. yeah, looking at the looking at the league, I think we'll be right there. Um, I'll say Danny Kelly and Scott Barrett have a, a decent looking team. I think that could come up. I play Allen. last They lost, they lost they, uh,
0: uh, Richardson though. I think. Um, oh,
1: never mind. You're right about that. They did. Yeah, that's a re- it's a really good league. Like I'm just looking at some of the the scoring. Like there's legitimately like five teams I think that could win it.
0: Yeah, I am. Uh, I think I just. Looked at that. I'm. Uh, hold on. Let me look. I am in that league. I'm. I'm in sixth place. I'm four and three, but I'm second in points scored. Second in max points. Points four. So I, I feel like my team is good. You know. I'm sort of. I look like maybe I'm on the edge there, but, you know, like I've actually outscored your team by five points. Like we're basically both, yeah. uh, you know, right there. So, you know, second in points and even first is like five points ahead of me. So me, you and Josh, actually, Josh and his partner, uh, you know, from Unending Rebuild, part of the Undroppables is right there. Um, uh, Fuchs Fucks, Derek Fuchs, who I call Derek's Fuchs Fucks, is number one in that league. First place, although a little bit of a paper tiger. We're going to rip him apart. Um, and as you pointed out, Danny Kelly and Scott Barrett split a team. Their team, you know, they're starting Malik Willis this week. Uh, Malik Willis this week. So, little, bit, a little bit of, a little bit of problems there. They don't know what to do. They've got Tannehill, Brady, Rogers, Richardson. Uh, yeah, they've got some problems there at the quarterback position. Obviously, Richardson was was fucking carrying them, but they may be the team that falls out unless they make a trade. I think they've kind of been trying to think they're trying to trade off and go for it next year because they don't want to get rid of Richardson you know what I mean so
1: it's a very it's impossible to catch up in this league because it's such a deep format yes like you have it's the the benches are so deep there's literally nothing on the waiver wire correct um like there's nothing. I'm looking at the available players now. There's nobody. <laughs>
0: there's nobody. It's a
1: wasteland. It's yes. an absolute wasteland. Yeah,
0: everybody's rostered. Um, it's one of those things too where only rookies can go on the taxi. I think it's a 10-man taxi, but only rookies can go on and it locks after the after the draft. So like we had our, th- this one was, was like we had our regular draft and everybody filled their, you know, grabbed all the rookies. So there's no rookies for sure. Cause everybody's, you know, loaded up their taxi with all these rookies, you know? So it's like, yeah, there's like 35 man roster plus this 10 man rock, uh, taxi, by the way, the taxis are fucking hilarious because like <laughs> hold on, let me see my taxi. It's like, you know, I mean, I've Jalen Cropper. You know, I have Travis die. Like nobody owns Travis. Dye. But what am I going to do? Just drop him? Not? <laughs> I have Cameron. Yeah, might as well load it up. Cameron Peoples. Like so. Yeah, there. Everybody's roster in this league. Absolutely. Um, we I, have zero. We have zero taxied
1: players right now. Yeah. Dan and I need to need to need to start picking up those taxied guys. There's
0: nobody. You, There's none. You, honestly, you'd pick up some sort of fucking backup tight end that nobody's ever heard of and never going to play in the NFL. Like you know, not on a team. You know, like you know, it's like what team? No team. You know, that's who you're going to get. Um, you know, in that league, I, I did make a trade. Um, I traded my, um, a first 24 first and second, I think for Brees Hall. Um, so now I've got, you know, Brees Hall on that team. I I'm, I'm looking good. I've got Puka draft. Oh dude. Did you, do you know how I acquired Puka in that league? No, break it down. Did you not, do you not know? So we're in the startup and, uh, and I, I know that Barrett loved Puka justin ross and i did too it's like the 20 fucking second round or whatever it was you know and i like i'm like oh you know i so i snipe him right in front of him i take fucking ross he's like dude what he just explodes because you know he had him fucking yeah he was taking him like it was the next pick for sure and i took fucking ross and he's like he just he's apoplectic he can't fucking handle it and so he sends me an offer and i just basically swap his next pick you know, in the in the draft for for Ross, plus a second, third round pick. So, I, you know, I give him my rookie third. I'll take his rookie second. And it's fair enough. You know, it's like yeah, but it's yeah. a little bit. I, I kind of squeezed him a little bit, but that's fine. He's like, fuck it, whatever. You know, so I, I do the trade. And then the next the pick that he trades to me, I take Puka.
1: That's just how you do it, That's and how he'll, done, he'll never dude. he'll never forget that one. You're never gonna let him forget that.
0: I mean, come on! But I didn't think I had. I was like, "Oh, Puka's good. There we go. That's nice." You know, it's like, "Oh my it's god!" Wild
1: twenty second twenty second round yes. dynasty startup Puka Nakua. Puka wild Nakua. Times.
0: Yes, yeah. and it's one of those leagues. You're right. It's a it's a bit of a deep starting lineup too. So it's like a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, one, two, three, four flex, and then a super flex. So it's pretty deep. And so in the startup, if you're going to compete, like I took, you know, um, Jacoby Myers and a couple play- like Gabe Davis and Jacoby Myers ahead of some of these upside rookies. Like, you know, there was a lot of people taking Marvin Mims and stuff like that. But look, if you take Marvin Mims, unless he hits, you're fucked because you're not yeah. going to have enough starting, you know, roster spots to, to field a team every week. So you're like, if you take Mims, you're you're, you're going next year. You, you just can't. So, yeah, I kind of like Jaden Reed at the time more than, you know, Jacoby Myers, but fuck that. Give me Jacoby Myers, right? You know, and, and going into the season, a lot of people were like, yeah, he's fine, but whatever. But now, like, having Jacoby Myers on my team is, like, the difference, you know, because I'm getting production out of those those flex spots where if you look at a lot of flex in that league, nobody's getting any production, and that's, that hurts them, you know. Um, so yeah, I think that was the, the game theory and that's, that's the thing, man. It's like in that league, if I, if, if it was shorter, you know, uh, shorter starting lineups, I would have gone with more rookie upside in those middle rounds instead of, you know, those types of players. Did you make any moves like that, that you can remember or that you want to, oh, that you want to make a
1: bunch? Like we, we, uh, we, we took guys like Odell Beckham and Josh Reynolds. Yeah. And in this, this deep, uh, Brandon cooks, <laughs> right. We took like, we had took a bunch of these guys. Oh, you um, sniped me on
0: Cooks, too. I mean, as it yeah, turns out, I'm I remember glad that you did, one, yeah. but I was like, fuck. Yeah.
1: yeah, you want them back for Puka? You can have them.
0: <laughs> so like 12-round 12,
1: 12, 12 difference in yeah. startup value. Yeah. Um, might as well. Yeah. Um, you don't want to be overweight. Just send it. I'll take a look at much. it. Yeah. Send it. I'll take a look. Think, think about it. Think about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, in this sort of a format, you want to get those guys. You can get a 10-pointer out of because, um, again, you're starting so many players. And again, the quarterback depth matters. Yeah, like being able to have like being deep at quarterback, like it absolutely matters. So it's yeah, it's a sicko, sicko deep format. My team's gonna be so bad in like three years with all these old guys. But what are you gonna do? Yeah,
0: absolutely. No, it's just fun as hell. So we'll we'll have to see. I mean, you know, you know, I've got I've got Trevor Lawrence and Dak and Mac Jones. I mean, so yeah, the quarterbacks. You know, if you have three, you're winning. If you have four, you're unique you know, unique build in that league. And you probably don't have depth enough at other positions. really the startup was a very, very sharky moment. It was, it yeah. felt fucking, it was like every time your pick came around, like, dude, all my guys are gone. <laughs> like every round is yeah, just brutal. So, all right, man. Well, I hope yeah. I hope I beat your ass and I want to win that league. It's really one of those things. It's like, I really, really want to win that league so bad. To
1: be continued. We'll have to talk about this in, in like eight weeks.
0: You got it, buddy. Well, thanks for coming on. And, um, Tell all the people what you got going on over at Player Profile. I know you're doing honestly some of the the hardest work. I you know, we say the hardest working guy in show business. I think you're the hardest working guy in fantasy right now. Um, you are someone to be respected for all that you do. So tell the people where they can find you right now so I can I can uh, get everybody going. No, I
1: really I really appreciate that. You can find my written work at playerprofile.com. I write the waiver wire article, I write the sleepers article. Um, I do an article called the two-minute drill that comes out on Mondays, which is like my biggest takeaways of the weekend. And then I have a couple other like special articles here and there, trade deadline stuff, um, some dynasty articles. But my podcasts, you can find those. Uh, you know, a lot of you who are sub- listening to this podcast, the undrafted, are also listening to press coverage and first class fantasy. For sure. Uh, those are my two podcasts. And then Sonic Truth, we're doing about once a month. That's with Matt Kelly and Alan Sislowski. Um, and then I also have another podcast coming out next month, a new dynasty podcast called Dynasty Life. And Scott doesn't even know, but he's coming on Dynasty Life For at sure. some point Absolutely. early on in the process. Hell yeah. Uh, so that's that's going to start up soon. And then you can find me in the Goat District once in a while, not as much as, as I used to be, but I'm still in the Goat District streets uh, every now and then on a Tuesday evening. So yeah, I'm, and I'm dropping videos as well. Check out player profile YouTube. We're doing like some video breakdowns trying to do that as well. So yeah, we're we're grinding. It's week eight. We love it. It's uh it's always a blast coming on here though. One of my favorite dynasty podcasts, one of the best dynasty podcasts available is the undrafted it's the best just because, right you there,
0: right one, because you have one because you have one second yes. best you're gonna put me second fuck that
1: fine, fine. <laughs> it's the best it's the best it's better than me it's better than
0: me <laughs> i'm only having fun with you brother
1: that's right it's so it's 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 fire though hey, the guests you have the yes. conversation it's it's fantastic stuff
0: absolutely and the, the other thing that you are uh, what you know you we're friends and i see all your shit all the time i forgot how good it is i actually do enjoy you'll do the thing where you do the um the, the, your Twitter man, you'll put like a video. Oh, yeah, Dude, what,
1: those my are my memes f- are on point. Dude, yeah, they're so good.
0: The, you know, This is uh, all Zay Flower owners watching, you know, you know, so and so throw to somebody else. You know, like it's all like it's just really great. Your Twitter feed is actually really good. I love those. Those whatever Appreciate the fuck that. you call Appreciate those. That. Yeah, those are fun
1: Yeah. Way. All right, man. The people, the people demand more. So they do. You gotta give them what they want.
0: I'm just gonna say before we finish, go get Trey McBride, obviously. Ertz is out, Trey McBride's gonna be gonna be big, prayer strong. Go get him, um, trade for Austin Eckler. I think Cortland Sutton might be a sneaky trade guy. What do you think? You like that?
1: Yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, there's it's interesting. He could, yeah, he's doing fine, and also he could land in a in a pretty interesting place if he gets traded.
0: That's my point. Like, I think if he stays where he's at, like you know, Russell sort of likes him, and he'll be the sort of unquestioned alpha. And if he goes somewhere else, it'll probably be. Uh, Well, it'll obviously be a team that wants him and feels the need for him. Like if he got traded to Kansas City, it's like, you know, I mean, every Kansas City just needs to release like five wide receivers, including Kadarius, Tony, and now Justin Ross and, you know, trade like a middling pick for Sutton and and be done with this thing and then just go win a Super Bowl. 100%. All right. On behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of the greatest podcast producer, To walk the earth. A sad, sad Philadelphia Phillies fan. Michael Pez Duncan. You have been joined by the great Theo Gramminger. I am Jax Falcone. And we are out.